Welcome to Five Shirt Weekly. Our Atlanta United addressing the lack of end product from the wings. We also review the late leveler against the league leaders, and we get you ready for the matchup this weekend against Music City. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Shirt Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Five Shark fam, here's your opportunity to help us from the grassroots level. We would love it if you joined us on our Patreon. Yes, we have started a Patreon. And yes, we have all been affected by the pandemic at some point. And this channel has taken a lot of dedicated effort and hard work throughout the years. And yes, if you joined us there, uh, there's a lot of wonderful tiers that you can uh, you know, have some fun with with us. And especially joining us in our official Patreon-only Discord. It'd be lovely to see you there. But on top of that, as a bonus, we are doing a ticket giveaway for the match this Saturday against Nashville SC. So if you're one of the first people to join us on Patreon, we will do a giveaway on Friday to pretty much reveal that winner and you will have free tickets to the game. So really, it's win-win. It's, uh, you know, you help us and then you also get a little bit of a nice little uh, prize, possibly. So join us there, and yeah, maybe see you at the Nashville match. But guys, let's get into the match review. And yes, we have uh, rescued a point against the league leaders in Seattle Sounders, our only real away match uh, to the West Coast this season. And uh, yeah, you know, it uh, started auspiciously for sure. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, what was it, eighth minute that uh, Rui Diaz scored? Uh, and after that, you know, largely a, uh, a kind of match that, well, we kind of controlled a lot of the possession, but uh, was there a lot of incisive play? Not so much. Uh, if you caught us on our Twitch stream, we were borderline... Uh, maybe falling asleep on some of those uh, those plays because ooh, there were a serious lack of chances from uh, either side, really. And uh, but a late leveler from Joseph Martinez from a penalty won by Brooks Lennon, and we go home at least a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, kind of satiated in that, that type of uh, you know away performance. But Mark. Yeah, what were your thoughts on a whole of this match? Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the uh, of the match that they played uh, maybe, I guess, three years ago now. Uh, 2018 at the Benz. Uh, it was the same day as the uh, the World Cup Finals. So it was sort of a showcase for uh, Big Fox. And uh, it was a drab affair, you know. That one ended 1-1. Um, this one... This one up in Seattle is pretty much the same thing, I think. I think, uh, yeah, Seattle had us on the ropes early a little bit scoring early um you know and then you're kind of concerned well will they make it two before halftime will they add a couple goals in the second half none of that materialized and really uh i don't think seattle deserved more than the one goal that they got um when you look at the overall play in terms of atlanta united you know we hung in there um 
I think the defense certainly has been uh, a, if not the strong point for the team this season. And, uh, you know, once again, they repelled. They were, you know, Seattle looked dangerous on the break at times, but I think um, the uh, Anton Walks, uh, Sosa once again, Miles, you know, I think I think they stood tall. And um, yeah, it takes, you know, when you, when you, the lead's only one one goal, it really just takes a moment, and then you're right back in the game. And uh, Lane, I get that moment, and I think it was the 86 minutes. Miles um, Robinson playing that right that pass up the right sideline, something we've seen a lot from him this season. Uh, kind of waited perfectly for Brooks Lennon, uh, just enough for Brooks Lennon to be able to run onto and earn the foul in the box for a penalty. Um, and you know, we I think I would have been shocked if Joseph missed that penalty, honestly. Um, and he uh, finished it the way I expected him to. I went top corner, kind of brave, but uh, but yeah. And then we see uh, the iconic celebration. So uh, ends on a high note, but a lot there that was just uh, left a lot to be desired. Right. And uh, I think some Seattle fans might be saying, oh, uh, you know, you scored against our, uh, you know, backup keeper, Stefan Cleveland. I mean, yada, yada, yada. Stefan Fry not around. Uh Here's the thing. I mean, it's uh, you know they all count in that sense. Joseph Martinez hasn't taken a penalty in over two years, so it's also uh, you know if you're if they're giving caveats, we're giving caveats as well because uh, yeah, there's a lot of nonsense being thrown around in that sense. But uh, yeah, I think also um, you know with that possession that we had, it was 65 percent. That I think can keep the opposing team at bay as well, and so that. Uh, sometimes, you know, is the point of such kind of possession, you keep it away from your opponent. Uh, so that is good. Um, but obviously the lack of chances in this match, we uh, had 10 shots and, uh, you know, they had six apparently. So it's, the you know, the, the level of, uh, you know, the excitement was definitely not quite there. I would say CF Montreal, that match, was arguably more exciting than this one in terms of uh, and the dangerous chances that Montreal fashioned were actually I sure. think more uh, more I think kind of heart palpitation inducing than uh, anything that Seattle really uh, I think mustered. But um, sure. you know I think I think a feature of this match also was was Eric Lopez going to get that second yellow because. <laughs> Woo, he was it was definitely close to uh you know really asking for it from uh, referee Kevin Stott because uh he got a, a yellow early uh and it was it was fair and then some of the other fouls that he was uh you know giving away woo, just uh, a little close and so it's understandable that he was taken off at halftime half time because right. uh he was getting a lot of uh, the referee's attention, and uh, mm -hmm. that's usually not very good of a thing. Um, but yes. something not something you want to see from a forward either. Like that, that's not even what you're out there to do, really. You know, so just yeah. not his best day. Yeah, definitely not his best day. And uh, but with this uh, with this one-one scoreline, we have moved into third place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're five points behind first place New England, who are definitely just uh i think surprising a lot of people for sure uh this season in that sense but um yeah we've only lost one game on the road all season and uh this was joseph martinez's second goal 
But uh, I think, uh, you know, something that the team put out that I think uh, maybe deserves slightly a little bit of a, a flack was uh, they gave the man of the match to Antal Wallach, which deserved. He had uh, a game-high 10 recoveries and some last-ditch tackles as well that really, I think, saved us uh, from maybe conceding. But, you know, they, uh, they said... They, uh, that Anton Walks halted Seattle all match. And yeah, to be fair, he did not, uh, he was not against Rui Diaz for the goal, but, uh, it's, it's a little bit weird, kind of, I think, verbiage a little bit, you know, not, uh, not the best tweet that LA United has put out there. But, um, yeah, and I think another player that probably should have deserved, uh, maybe some, uh, you know, some say in this, but probably because it was the, it's the Heineken man of the match usually, I believe. So, you know, there's oh. some things that, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, a Franco Ibarra who's a teenager, yeah, you know, can't get it. So that's the kind of conundrum, I think. But yeah, he led the team in tackles, six clearances, two interceptions, four, uh, a lot of uh, kind of player rating websites had him as probably our best player on the pitch, so you know, definitely something that uh, is to be considered uh, in the future when you see that, yeah, maybe the guy that's deserving possibly isn't the one that actually gets the man of the match. Uh, happened sure. to Ezekiel Barco a lot in previous years, but um, also uh, Jose Martinez, he feasts against the Western Conference MLS teams. It was his 16th goal in 14 games away versus those teams. So uh, yeah, that's Obviously, more than a goal per game, and quite the uh, quite the kind of goal return, I think. Uh, especially, yeah, I mean, uh, if you can continue that, and especially there's, yeah, you know, it was a little bit of a layoff between, uh, uh, you know, us playing MLS teams from the West as well. So, yeah, it's good to see that type of stat. Hope it continues. Um, yeah, Joseph Martinez... Talked about that kind of uh, listless possession as well after the match. Um, he, yeah, he's not he's not exactly a fan of it, uh, but he says, We have more possession than Seattle. They have a better team than us. We didn't create a lot of chances, but one point, one point is enough for us. Um, and he said also, I don't know if we are a good team or not yet. Ooh, that's... Uh, mm, that's uh, I think uh, telling, I think, because... I think a lot of fans are on the fence as well right now. Yes, it's early right. days, but uh, you know we need to be able to put the ball in the back of the nets with regularity. We need to be able to create chances with regularity. Yes, these are good teams that we're playing, but still, you know, it's uh, if we are truly a good team, then we need to be able to do it against anybody, right? But um, Brad Guzan talked about if this was a satisfying point. He said, absolutely, 100%. We pushed, we probed. Uh, we fully deserved at least a point today. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I get it from Guz's standpoint that uh, they would say so. Uh, I think the result is good. The performance still is, I think, leaving something to be desired. Uh, Hainsey, he talked about what he liked about the team today. He says... Uh, what I really like is how we built up from the back, how the transition from the back to the front worked. What we need to improve is the final third so we can create even more chances. I also liked when the opponent had the ball, how close we were to them. These are things I like to talk about for sure. So yeah, he uh, he 
I think is pretty spot on. I mean, for the most part, uh, yeah, we press them decently as well. But uh, yeah, any thoughts on you know the players and the coach and what they said? Well, I'll, I'll take it from a more general point. Um, yeah. You know, if you uh, were to take this result and even this performance in a vacuum, like fair enough. You know, you go up against the best team in the league away from home. Um, I'm not sure how warm it was, but uh, you know, it's 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 a tough venue. It's a tough opponent, and so you know, if it was a case of like LA United had been scoring a bunch of goals before this match, and then they play like, like this, they keep the opponent at bay, they get the point. Uh, away from home, I think we accept that. The concern is that this is what we've seen for most of the season. And it's like, you know, we want to be uh, more dynamic than this going forward. So I'm okay with uh, everyone being satisfied with how hard the team worked and how the team played against Seattle. Uh, but going forward, I think everybody involved, including the players and the manager, would like to see a little more evolution. So, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so... That pretty much does it for this match. Uh, next up, of course, will be Nashville SC, as mentioned at the top of the show. And uh, that will be Saturday. And we'll have that match preview for you later in this show. But let's get into the news. And a transfer rumor from Portal R7, a Brazilian site, uh, pretty much said that Atlanta uh, United maybe made a bid of $15 million dollars for Brazilian forward slash winger Roni of Palmeiras. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, apparently his contract extension talk with that club has uh, stalled a little bit. He is making $600,000 a year right now, uh, but he wants to possibly raise it to over a million. And uh, yeah, he just joined them in February of 2020. Uh, but... Yeah, there are some other clubs uh, that's along the lineage of when he was brought to Palmeiras that maybe have uh, some eyes that are keen on the situation, and thus maybe why this uh, this whole scenario uh, was put out there as a transfer rumor to begin with. If it's real or not, it will remain to be seen. But uh, you know, it kind of makes sense a little bit to a degree that we would be in the market for. Uh, goal-scoring winger, uh, even though, you know, 11 goals and 10 assists in 49 appearances isn't exactly a groundbreaking return, but uh, it is, I think, decent. And uh, for a 26-year-old uh, who's pacey, who's a guy that likes to dribble at opponents and be direct and uh, has a decent eye for goal, um, you know, a guy who's in his prime, $15 million, I'm not so sure that that's the maybe move that we should make. Uh, but, you know, this type of profile player I think would be nice. But it's also, you know, we are full of DPs at the moment. But according to Felipe Cardenas in uh, his athletic article that Alan Franco could be a guy that would be bought down pretty quickly. So, you know, with all that being said, Mark, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, um, you know, if they are able to buy down Alan Franco, then it does seem like uh, that was always on the horizon. I mean, like it was a little bit of an eye um, or eyebrow raiser 
when uh, when he was when Alan Franco was announced as a DP to begin with. So um, if they've uh, created that flexibility for themselves, then good on them. Um, look, I, I think it's clear. I you know I've been a little more vocal about this the last couple of weeks. I think it's clear that we need to make the move this summer. Um, and you know the argument that a lot of us would make is that the summer transfer window is the better one. You know, and so my feeling is. Uh, if you want to improve the team, not only immediately, but for next season, uh, I think the, what you do in this summer window is important. Uh, in terms of this player, uh, you know, there's things to like, um, things to not like so much. I, I'm kind of with you on the, um, you know, 21 goal contributions and 49 appearances isn't that much. Uh, but... Um, it's better than the, the players that we have currently. Yes, it is. It is. Um, and, and in theory, uh, he plays in a uh, in a better league. Um, you know, in terms of the the playing, obviously, I haven't seen a full game of him, so I'm always I always like to put that caveat in there. But uh, from the highlights, you see, is a player who uh, who likes to take players on, who uh, generally likes to try things in terms of uh, different flicks and feints and whatnot. So he's a uh, uh, sort of unpredictable, um, which is something that uh, we like we often liken with Tito. So, um, yeah, it's just that you know that price tag. That's the thing too. It's like if you're gonna if you're willing, then let's just say you know, mm-hmm. if United is willing to spend that amount of money, uh, I'm just curious as to what other players they can get. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen more and more MLS teams uh, go to Liga Meki. And I think that and that makes perfect sense. Like I think that's uh, less of an adjustment, and there are some high quality players uh, in Liga Meki. And so you know we don't really hear Lenny United linked with those kind of players too often, not especially not attacking players. Um, I'm just curious if that's a, if that's a market that they're exploring as well, because they're definitely one or two players that I would take on Atlanta United right now from that league. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, we need to bring in a player. I think that that's uh, any I see any sign of activity is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But Boca's just got to get it right. Right, and uh, you know, some some people have maybe kind of mentioned that Tito Pichalba, uh, you know, would be a cheaper option. Uh, he obviously is willing to return, uh, maybe in a sense, uh, at least according to our poll. Uh, and uh, our question that we uh, we posed, he pretty much answered the poll of, uh, yeah, would you like Tito Vishabla to return to Atlanta United? And he said, yes. Uh, <laughs> which, whether it's for banter or not, uh, it kind of set the uh, the thing a little alight. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was sold to, uh, to Libertad, for 4.4 million apparently and you know that would be significantly less i think uh than roni in that sense there would be you know i think some similar skill sets uh similar age and you know he wouldn't have to be a dp and he already has a green card so there is you know some i think you know, things to consider if, uh, you know, Tito Vishalba is serious about a return. It's maybe about people swallowing their pride. So it's, uh, you know, I think something maybe the team could look at uh, that, you know, would be, uh, I think, uh, 
for a lot of fans, they would appreciate it a good large bit for sure. But anyway, uh, let's move on to Ezekiel Barco, and he has made the Argentina U23s roster. And uh, those are for the friendlies versus Denmark and Saudi Arabia. Uh, but Darren Eels did say uh, to the AJC that uh, if Barco is healthy, he could go, but they're still assessing his health at the moment. Uh, so, you know, obviously his hamstring, uh, it usually takes around at least three weeks to recover. And then he's still got to get match fitness. So if he's going to take a part, I, uh, I, I seriously have my doubts. But, um, you know, he does need to return to Atlanta United as soon as possible. Do you think him playing for the Argentina U23s, uh, putting him in the shop window, quote-unquote, uh, really does, you know, maybe his transfer fee any good? Or is no. it pretty much kind of the same? Like, it's going to be the, you know, what it is at the moment. No, yeah, I can't see this having any effect. I mean, we're talking about U23 friendlies. Like, we're talking about an age group that doesn't exist outside the out of the Olympic cycle uh, in matches that don't matter. You know, the only value I think these matches would have is if Barco is okay to play and he plays, like, maybe 30 minutes. Like, I'm not, I'm not even talking about starting. You know, it's just like, if he's able to at least get back on the field and run around a bit with them, okay, fine. But... Uh, outside of that, I don't think he should go. And I think Darren Eels is sowing those seeds of doubt from the onset. It's like, well, if he's healthy, and then they can easily spin that too. Um, he needs more time to recover, which could be true at the same time. So, you know, um, these are th this announcement of him being selected is whatever to me. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. Uh, the uh, 2021 LA United Parlay kit has been revealed and it went on sale, of course, last week, etc. etc. Uh, yeah, this kind of blue, uh, kind of you know, mixture of some uh, kind of uh, what we've kind of seen some of the kits kind of do last year with kind of the kind of tubing on the top of the sleeves and then mm -hmm. the bottom. Kind of the torso looking kind of, um, you know, with a little bit of a design. But, um, yeah, there's, yeah, it, it kind of, I think, probably sold pretty well, uh, especially on the, the first day. There are, there were some pictures of uh, some of the parlay kits that essentially, not really parlay kits. It's essentially the, it seems like the kind of sponsor logos the uh, team logos and Adidas logos are the things that were made from recycled uh, water bottles. And uh, yeah, what do you uh, what do you think about that revelation that you know it's not exactly the kit itself that maybe is uh, you know made from recycled water bottles? Well, I uh... so I saw someone tweet this, and I kind of agree. Uh, it was basically like, what exactly is uh, is the purpose of the parlay kit? You know, like, how does it work in terms of, like, where does this money go to and all that, you know? So, um, I guess, in a sense, I personally was already a little bit jaded um, about the about the parlay kit. This season, like, previous season, I've been like, oh, that's cool looking. I would, I would get that. And then I wasn't able to get it. But this time around i wasn't you know really even too fussed about getting it um there's also a revelation that he just may have used this design before and so like this is essentially just like 
another one of their jerseys but then as you said with the uh, um with the official logos and whatever so it's uh meh. it didn't i don't know it's fine like it's a decent looking kit um but in terms of it uh the cause of it and whatnot uh i kind of don't buy it but yeah I know. <laughs> a little bit questionable at the moment yeah. uh right but it's yeah uh it's a tough tough kind of um thing to kind of grasp at the moment of what's actually going on uh there's speculation abound essentially about mm-hmm. uh the parlay kits and yeah i think a little bit more transparency from the league would be i think uh some good pr probably uh even though yeah a lot of people did buy it it sure. is a decent looking kit but yeah um, anyway, let's move on to Atlanta United 2, and they have been uh, getting a good run of results lately. Uh, they drew 2-2 against Memphis 901. We saw our old friend in Laurent Kisidou, uh score against us uh, and do a little old man celebration that, uh, I mean... Yeah, it's. I, I'm not gonna lie. It was. It was a pretty good celebration there. But uh, yeah. Uh, but Aiden McFadden, our new super draft pick from this year, has been on a tear. The last two matches, he has scored four goals, playing from the right back spot, of all things. And so, uh, yeah. In college, he was an attacking midfielder. So, uh, I think he's just kind of uh, doing a job there and. He's doing a hell of a job. He is getting forward, and you know, he he pretty much picked one out of the air on a volley that uh, ooh, was a beautiful goal. And uh, so, uh, Alec Can he uh, also played his first professional match in over two years uh, since August fourteenth of two thousand nineteen. So uh, yeah, really great to see Can get back into the swing of things as well. But uh, back to McFadden, he was named the USL Player of the Week. So congrats to the new boy. And uh, yeah, if he uh, continues to really show out, I mean, he might make a case for the first team in a really short amount of time. So, you know, uh, hopefully he continues to do that. And uh, we all know we need some goal scoring from the run of play for sure. And, uh, you know, (laughs) if he can do it, why not? So, anyway, let's move on into uh, the match preview. And we will be taking on our neighbors to the northwest, just slightly, of course, in Nashville SC. It will be at the Benz at 3.30 this Saturday. And, uh, yeah, Nashville last season was their inaugural season. We, of course, took that first match, their inaugural match. But uh, they did enjoy... a. I think most would say a very successful expansion season. Uh, they set records for their defensive prowess, and then they won two rounds in the playoffs. And then, uh, yeah, they also beat fellow expansion side Miami and upset Toronto FC. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Pretty pretty damn good. They, uh, you know, I think they, uh, I would say they did better than our inaugural season just lately in in. And also, you know, they uh, they came at the same time as Miami. I don't know how many people would have predicted Nashville outperforming Miami, not only in the first season, but pretty much so far as uh, as the existence of both uh, franchises go. Yeah. I think Nashville has had the better, uh, you know, um, they have an identity. Um, I think they're trying to evolutionize a little bit in terms of their attack, but they're a tough opponent, man. 
Oh yeah, they uh, they pretty much are uh, basing their their whole play on a very stout defense. And uh, Gary Smith. It's working. Had, yeah, it's working. Uh, yeah, they're so far undefeated in their season. And so, uh, you know, Gary Smith has them playing really, really well. Of course, he is a former Atlanta Silverbacks uh, head coach as well. And so, yeah, there is definitely something that, um, you know, they're doing right there. Now, are they going to be able to score enough goals to really, I think, sustain this? We will see. But last season, they placed seventh in the Eastern Conference, 32 points. Uh, and uh, let's get into their key acquisitions from the offseason, though. Mark, take away. Yep. So we have uh, Rodrigo Pinero. Uh, he's a Uruguayan youth international. He's a winger. Uh, signed from Danubio this offseason. He's 21 years old. He's considered a big talent. Uh, you know, as we mentioned, they're trying to uh, sort of uh, develop, a, I, I think, a dynamic, a more dynamic attack. And he's certainly going to be a part of that you would feel. Uh, CJ Sapong. I mean, man, this guy has been everywhere. <laughs> And yeah, he ends up in Nashville, uh, 71 goals, 25 assists, and 276 career appearances in the league. Um, you know, sort of a versatile sign. He can play out wide, but you figure uh, he'll be more up top, maybe playing in two-striker combination um, for the team. Now, they ended up losing Derek Jones, uh, rotational piece in their midfield. Um, and David Akam, you know, he was a veteran uh, attacker who figured to play more, but he didn't actually end up playing that much for them. And uh, so he left this past offseason. Yeah. And so uh, getting into our series matchup against them, uh, there have been three matches. We, of course, beat them in that first match. Like I said, there's been two Atlanta United wins with six goals, and then they have that last win against us for 2 uh, they have scored five goals all in all with zero draws between us. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a back-and-forth affair between us and them. And, uh, you know, we have some bragging rights. They have a little bit of bragging rights. There's, uh, yeah, a little bit of spiciness that we could uh, say going into this matchup. But, uh, like I said, they've been undefeated this uh, season so far. Uh, lots of draws, four draws, and then two wins, but still undefeated nonetheless. But uh, for us, we've been the picture of inconsistency a little bit in a way. Uh, pretty much draw, win, loss, draw, win, draw. It's uh, yeah, we got to get on kind of a winning form as soon as possible. I feel like, but thankfully, yeah, the uh, I I would say the U.S. Open Cup is not actually happening because uh, yeah, I mean we're kind of in there whereabouts, but it's uh, yeah, I would be a little bit reticent to say that uh you know we'd be maybe quite doing as well as we would hope uh, you know going into those type of comp competitions but uh getting into their players to watch mark take it away yep so uh walker zimmerman of course has to be the main one he was a big acquisition before uh their inaugural season began you know he's what they build their defense around reigning defender of the year he's been worth every garber buck um and yeah he expecting to anchor the defense a very strong defense once again and he has been so far we have uh ani mukhtar uh he was one of their dps in 2020 interesting note he uh randall real cadiz and mukhtar played 
exactly zero games together and they were their dps last season so mm. hopefully uh you know they can well not hopefully but they're hoping that uh they can develop a little more consistency uh this off this season in their attack uh and then you have the veteran Dax mccarty another big acquisition from the previous season uh he plays that holding midfield role is a big part of why uh they're stout defensively you could liken him to a sort of uh what Michael Parker, so Jeff Lorenzo, what's meant to us mm. in terms of that MLS domestic veteran. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they have a tough spine, um, certainly. And, you know, you figure they'll be tough to break down. Indeed, indeed. And so, yeah, they, uh, you know, I think, like you're saying, that spine is something that uh, we need to look out for. But uh, luckily, getting to our injury report, uh, that Walker Zimmerman is maybe questionable with a left ankle injury in this match. So we'll see if he actually plays. Abu Danladi is out with a left hamstring. And Brian Anunga is out with a left quad and knee. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, maybe uh, a little encouraging, again, with the Zimmerman thing. But Atlanta United, of course, Barco, Dom, Chol, Adams all out. And questionable still, I would say, is Alan Franco. We'll, of course, get an update, I think, later on this week. But uh, so seemingly so far, yeah, uh, he does not seem to have returned to training, at least uh, from the pictures and whatnot. But uh, let's get into what the opponent's 11 could kind of look like. Uh, they play a 4-2-3-1. Uh, McCarty and Godoy are those uh, kind of the pivot within their setup. And, uh, yeah, you have Mukhtar as that central attacking midfielder, Leal as that left midfielder, and Alex Moyle as that right midfielder. And so, uh, yeah, there's... Uh, will they be dangerous against us? We'll see. Uh, will Zimmerman play? We'll see. But uh, they are definitely that type of team that plays big. They are that type of uh, team that likes to cross a lot, take a lot of shots, and they will be pretty non-aggressive. They're uh, a team that isn't going to be too direct, uh, and they're not going to, uh, I think, maybe worry the uh, defense in to a degree, I think. Uh, maybe more set pieces and maybe more, uh, you know, that type, of, uh, that type of scoring chance for them. But uh, let's get into our predicted scoring 11, or starting 11, rather. And, Mark, let's get through uh, Guzan. But yeah. uh, also, let's, uh, you know, what's our defense going to be? Yeah, um, I no surprises for me. You know, don't mess with a good thing. So uh, you have Lennon, Robinson, Walks, and Bello. Uh, and honestly, you know, I don't think there's anybody else that can really sub in right now, cause especially with Franco being questionable. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, this back line seems to have a good chemistry, and so I don't see why you would change it up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that chemistry is the important part right here, because yeah, I, I still want to see Ronald Hernandez get a run out at some point, something. Sure. Uh, and then maybe Lennon moves up later in the match or just gets, you know, subbed kind of directly. But uh, yeah, the, the back line, you know, has been doing, I think, very well. Uh, for the most part, uh, handling most of the uh, you know the danger, but uh, yeah, getting into the midfields. Uh, so uh, for me, it's Ibarra, Sosa, and Heinemann. Uh, I think pretty straightforward there. That uh, last match, I think to take maybe Ibarra out after he had uh, such a strong 
kind of run outs, I think, yeah, you know, I think you got to give some continuity and, uh, you know, let them yeah. continue. But uh, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with those points. Um, you know, definitely want to see more time and getting forward. I think especially in this matchup where we're at home, uh, the opponent is going to be difficult to create against. I think Hyman is going to have to be a key player. Um, and then, yeah, so so obviously you're not removing from the lineup any bottom. I agree. Look, off of the back of that strong performance, he deserves to start again. I am curious to see if Hasetu gets in this game and at, at what point. Um, I'm glad to see that he's back. And I think that uh, he may, he could become a key option in the midfield that hasn't uh, experienced too much rotation so far. Uh, so, yeah, that, uh, but certainly the same three for me. Yeah. And up top, uh, I think Moreno, well, yeah, that match maybe uh, left a little some things to be desired from maybe his decision-making standpoint. Um, but, yeah, he still is, I think, uh, from kind of a running at defensive standpoint, still our best option uh, at the moment. I think, uh, you know, I think he starts on the left. Uh, Joseph stuffs up, starts up top, but I have Mulraney on the right. Uh, I think he deserves, uh, I think, uh, a start here because he has been, I think... Uh, you know, kind of creating some chances, kind of maybe uh, looking a little bit more dangerous than kind of very raw Eric Lopez at the moment. But uh, mm -hmm. what about you? What, what do you think? Yeah, I've got the same three, Moreno, Joseph, and Moreni in the same positions. Um, I think, unfortunately, it's a little bit of it does pick itself. I don't think you can really go back to Lopez, uh, not only because of how he played versus Seattle, but I think in general uh, he hasn't been too convincing in that left-wing position. Um, so, yeah, I think you, Moreno returns there, and uh, I would have Moreni returning to the lineup as well. Um, that's where that's certainly the position where we're experiencing the most injuries as well. It seemed like so. Um, for this match, that's my theory as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we're really missing uh, some different dynamic off the bench. Uh, you know, of course, Sparko, Dom, but I think also a Machop Chol. That uh, you know, his size and his I think balance running at defenses uh, yeah. we saw in preseason and a little bit against uh, Orlando. You know, that's a different kind of look that uh, I think would bring a lot of excitement, I feel like. But uh, unfortunately, we will not be able to probably see that this match. But uh, let's get into what we'd like to see the team do in this match then. But uh, yeah, I would like to see the team score from the run of play, hopefully. And, uh, you know, that would be uh, fantastic, especially at home. But uh, yeah, we need to definitely take more risks and create chances because, again, I think Nashville isn't going to be too terribly direct so, uh, you know, let's push guys forward and try to break down a team that I think will probably be kind of uh, a pretty low block, at least a medium to low block. And uh, yeah. so, you know, we, uh, I think, should try to, I think, impose ourselves this match. Yes. But, uh, what, what do you think? Totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I would be surprised if we see anything uh, but um, a medium low block from Nashville. And so I think uh, the onus is on Atlanta. Certainly we'll have the possession, you would figure. But uh, to keep them penned in, you know, keep the pressure on and, you know, keep the tempo up. I think that's uh, in matches like that in the past, we've been guilty of... Uh, being trapped into like a slow rhythm, not really creating much. Um, I think the first goal in this match is going to go a long way, uh, given how you expect both teams to play. And so, you know, if Nashville 
score first, it's, I think it's going to be difficult to um, get three points out of that game. Um, so the first goal is key. I hope that uh, we score in the first half, go into halftime with a good feeling, and then um, ideally Yeah, well, ideally what? Uh, I think we... Ideally, ideally put the game away. Mm, yes. So yeah, hopefully we do. The odds say that LA United have a 47.6% chance to win a draw at 28.6% and Nashville have a 30.3% chance to win. Uh, now, Nashville have kept a clean sheet in seven of their last nine matches. They've drawn their last three away matches as well in MLS. And uh, they've actually been drawing at both halftime and full-time in their last three away matches. So, yeah, they uh, it's draw city and it's clean sheet city for them, pretty much. Uh, kind of annoying but uh, that gets us into our score prediction. Then, Mark, what do you got? Oh, I hate to be uh, this guy, but uh, I don't think there are going to be any goals in this match. I just think that the way... Yeah, scoreless draws, board draw. I think uh, the way both teams are playing right now, defenses are dominant. Um, and certainly for LA United, the attack is very much a work in progress. We just don't have dynamic enough options, I feel like, at the moment. And so I just think a, a chance is going to be really difficult to come by. So, goalless draw for me. Yeah. I am going to go against all the odds. All of <laughs> what we've said. Because I think the, uh, the 12th man here uh, with the fans, that X factor that pretty much hasn't really been uh, seen, I think, uh, yeah, I think we can... Pull a 1-0 win at home here. I think, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I think, because when Joseph scores, he scores in bunches. I think he can get one in this match and send the 17s home happy. So let us know what you predict in the comments below. But uh, that pretty much does it for the match preview and the entire show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, would you like to see Atlanta United sign a $15 million winger? Let us know in the comments below. We're looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.